the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. I started my morning by reading this page one article at briefing.com. It's kind of a setup for the market's action on the day or stories of the day or something along those lines. Um, and one of the, the numbers that hit me was down 8% for the year on the S&P 500. And I was like, didn't January just hit the midpoint? It kind of did. Um, Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Nice to be back with you. It's good to have you back. Um, are you surprised by 8% in half of a month of action? Doesn't that feel consequential? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, you know, that it, that it's come that, you know, that quickly. Um, you know, our, market view for 2016 was that it was likely to be a difficult year uh, and that we thought really that, um, uh, you know, starting off the year, people who, you know, were kind of sitting there with money that they wanted to invest, we thought maybe, well, might be more advisable to sit back and observe things because we did think that the potential was there that you'd get a setback just because you had a market trading at a full valuation. Um, and then we had this um, – questionable move by the Fed, uh, you know, raising interest rates uh, into an economic environment that wasn't exactly uh, reeking of strong growth. Um, and so we thought it could be a little bit problematic at the beginning of the year here, certainly, but, you know, to see it go down as quickly as it has, has, has certainly been a surprise. What are you doing about that? What's your reaction as a thinker, um, as a strategist, as a, a market analyst, as a right. person who has to put pen to paper tomorrow and say, you know, what's the new angle? Or is that yeah. um, balls in your court? Sure. You know, well, you know, I, I look at things, I'm a fundamental analyst, so I'm looking at, you know, earnings growth uh, or the lack thereof, really, uh, and the trend in earnings estimates. Um, and that trend in earnings estimates is still lower, uh, which uh, in my mind is is a negative factor for the market here, even though you've had this pullback in price, you can't necessarily uh, uh, feel altogether confident that you've, you've reached a more attractive PE multiple just because you still have earnings estimates that continue to come down, so you kind of don't know where things are going to settle down there and, and, and at what level and, and how that corresponds to a, a price-to-earnings ratio. You know, right now, we're, despite the setback, traded about 16 times uh, estimated forward 12-month earnings, and that's in line with the 15-year historical average, according to data from uh, S&P Capital IQ. Um, so, 
you know, even though we've had an 8% pullback, you know, the argument still holds that we're, we're sitting at a pretty full valuation, you know. And um, so I'm not necessarily chomping at the bit to buy this pullback. And in fact, I think that there will more, more, more than likely be an urge to, to sell into the strength. Um, I think it, it's probably upset, uh, made a lot of people nervous here in the early part of the year that things have kind of unraveled as quickly as they have. And, you know, everyone's asking that same question, do I sell, you know, now or do I get back in? And, and I think there'll be an element in there that is looking for a rebound from these, uh, what technical analysts will call short-term oversold conditions. And I think people will be looking to sell into any type of rebound from those short-term oversold conditions, um, just trying to raise a little cash and then just to move to the sidelines to see how the, how the dust settles. I, I think that's, that's reasonable uh, view of things here because of the way that um, – uh, earnings estimates are trending here, uh, and because of you know economic data globally, uh, that really continues to to look you know relatively poor from our vantage point. So where can we find some positives, or is it that we should be listening to you and instead of trying to find the positives, uh, heed warning and maybe cut exposure to the worst of the positives or the worst of the negatives? Well, you know that that one positive, and you know, you know listeners may scoff at, at the at the remark, but you know, can, it seems to be eventually you, you have to believe that these low gas prices and these low energy prices, um, uh, you know, are are positive here for for the consumer, and, and and yeah, you know, there are offsets certainly in the forms of higher rents. Uh, higher medical costs and things like that where you're not able to realize the full potential of those gas price savings as far as uh, unleashing some discretionary spending power. Um, but it, it does help. Uh, and then on the, on the flip side, you know, we still see, you know, labor market growth, um, and, and that's a positive here. We need to see that, you know, again, continue to translate into sustainable wage growth, um, and which has been the real uh, bugaboo, really, for this economy, is that you haven't had any real sustained wage growth here to um, to unleash, you know, uh, animal spirits and consumer confidence in a way that people feel better about going out and, and, and spending more. I think people are still inclined to try to, to – to save more than they have in the past, and that's been a drag on uh, on economic activity, and it's been a drag on capital spending plans on the part of businesses because they don't perceive that consumers have the confidence that uh, that they'd like to see to uh, reconcile investing in in new capacity and the like. And so, um, but you know, low gas prices, pickup in labor market, you know, those are positive things here, all in all. Um, but again, uh, you know, I think that uh, we keep running into these headwinds of of, a, of an interconnected global economy. I mean, the U.S. seems to be managing, you know, through this, uh, uh, but we haven't hit that escape velocity, and it's going to be difficult to do that. I think uh, with the lack of uh, of strong growth elsewhere. With the slowdown in growth, do you expect there to be a ripple effect into? My backyard, Silicon Valley, venture capital, borrowing, uh, maybe in your background backyard where maybe your you know brother is going to get married and needs money for a ring. Will there be a ripple effect in lending and, and how or not? Um, is the slowdown a pause that refreshes? Is it a good thing? Well, it's a it's a great question, Rob, and it, and it is admittedly somewhat 
you know, tough to answer because I think, you know, when you look at the, the call it the stock market economy and then you look at the real economy, right? So the real economy is, is sort of muddling through here, uh, underpinned by, you know, uh, a pickup in labor growth. Uh, we're hearing out of these banks that you're seeing some modest uh, loan growth, nothing great, but you are seeing some modest loan growth. And Bank of America said that they're seeing pretty uh, solid demand across, you know, their loan port these days. Uh, and that's that's a good thing. Um, but in certain pockets, like, say, Silicon Valley, you know, and you've seen the slowdown in the IPO market because of these financial market conditions that are pretty volatile and because of, uh, you know, concerns that perhaps the market is topping um, and because of concerns that, you know, um, uh, that, you know, China and the like, you know, are going to continue to roll over and you're going to continue to see pressure on, on earnings prospects. And so, so you're not seeing the IPO market, you know, uh, go gangbusters here because of that. And there could be some ripple effect there in an area like Silicon Valley or the Bay Area uh, from something uh, of that nature. And, and, of course, I'm sure you're well aware of, of you know, your housing market out there has certainly uh, gone gangbusters on account of some of that uh, really remarkable growth we're seeing uh, in the Silicon Valley and Bay Area. And so um, – so there is some potential there. You see some some ripple effects from the slowdown abroad, but it will probably be in isolated cases um, uh, around the country that we see that. But those isolated cases are enough to kind of, I think, keep overall animal spirits here in check because everyone's worried about, you know, the prospect of that you see another meltdown like we saw, you know, 2008, 2001, and, and, um, and that's keeping everything sort of in check here right now from an investor sentiment standpoint. And less and less, correct me if I'm wrong, the U.S. economy looks nowhere near a recession, so people shouldn't freak out. Or am I wrong? Are we that close to a recession? Well, you know, again, there's some mixed signals. Is that, no, you know, if you look at, you know, the labor market growth, obviously, um, you wouldn't think that we'd be anywhere near a recession. Um, and, uh, but, you know, you're not seeing industrial production grow that strongly. You're not seeing business investment pick up to any great degree. Uh, so it's sort of this, like, teeter-totter effect, right? Some days you, you feel like there's no way we can be anywhere near a recession. Other days a piece of data hits that suggests, you know, maybe we are rolling toward that end. You know, and you look at uh, areas like the, the Russell 2000, uh, which is down 11% year-to-date, right? That's a, an index that, uh, you know, is a domicile for primarily domestic-oriented companies, you would think it would be doing so much better given the relative strength in the U.S. economy, and yet it's the worst performing of the major indices uh, this year. And then on top of that, you have the Dow Jones Transportation Average, um, which uh, has been just abysmal, uh, not only this year but all of last year, which is, um, again, you know, uh, one of those indicators that makes you sit back and, and you know, scratch your head and wonder, you know, where is this economy going? Because um, you should see transport to be somewhat of a leading indicator of, of a stronger economy, and we're not seeing that at all right now. Um, so we're just kind of in this really uh, economic purgatory, I think. You know, we're not going to get out of it soon here, and I think everyone's waiting to make sure that, you know, China doesn't fall apart in a very, uh, you know, in this hard landing kind of way to make sure that the U.S. economy can uh, avoid that, quote, you know, recession, but certainly not seeing very strong growth overall. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hara. I wish I had a little bit more time because he wrote a piece called The Big Picture 
on Friday. People should go to briefing.com and check it out. It's all about growth expectations and earnings tied towards the fourth quarter, which we're starting to report in the first quarter of the United States. Um, so it's earnings week. It's earnings uh, season. It's a great time, and he pens great pieces. It's Patrick O'Hare. You can find him at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.